Well, today starts our new series that um, I just want to put a caveat kind of around this. And that caveat is you should never allow the pastor and the youth, or not the youth, the children's director plan a sermon series together because it turns into what you're about to see for the next six weeks, right? And But I'm super excited. We, what, the, re, the way this series got started is we were meeting in our monthly one-on-one, and I know that Richard Harvey own, owns a toy store uh, on eBay and has big, been big into comics and, and heroes and stuff all, most all of his life. And we somehow we got talking about some superhero movie, and I said, what would it be like if you had to win Tony Stark to Christ? What would it be like if you, how would you have that conversation with Bruce Banner? How would you have that conversation with Bruce Wayne? How, how does that conversation even go? And he's like, I, I don't know. You know, and we started, and, I, and then it blew up into, we should do a series next spring. So this idea has been bubbling since late last summer or early fall. So we're really excited about it. And we're going to kick this off today, and today we're going to kick it off with probably one of the most well-known superheroes of all time, and that is Superman. Now, Superman, would you come on out for us, please? Superman is here. So kids in the back, you guys will be excited if Superman is here, and it was an honor to get Superman to come and be with us today. Soups, how are you doing? Good. He flew in from Metropolis, and he was, got up, and so he wasn't able to get his hair done or anything, but he flew in really fast, and here's what we know about Soups, that Soups is the superhero that kind of has it all together, doesn't he? I mean, you're impervious to bullets, right, you're, but you grew up on a farm in Kansas, which I think a lot of us can relate to, but you left for the big city, because you realized there was something more, but you're kind of the ultimate superhero. I mean, you can fly, pervious to bullets. You got laser vision, x-ray vision, right? Pretty much everything. I mean, cold breath, you can blow and freeze things. And you can, I, I even saw one time in a movie that you flew so fast that you caused the earth to change its rotation and its spin. So that, my friend, is impressive. Well, Superman is just here with us adults momentarily, but Superman is going to go be with the kids today. So Superman, would you would you like to lead the kids on out and talk to the kids? Can we give it up for Superman today? Thank you for Superman. So I know the children are going to be excited. And after, after service, you as a family can have your pictures taken with Superman. And Superman will be there to have his picture taken with everybody. And... Uh, Thanks, Supes. But here's the thing that Superman doesn't want to hear. Because even though he's like the consummate hero, superhero, with all of these powers and can fly, and I mean, he can even go into space because oxygen isn't necessary for him, and and he can do all of these awesome things, he seems to have it all together. He can be killed by a rock. I mean, seriously, have you ever stopped to think about that? Here's a guy, a person that has it all together, but if you throw a green rock at him, he's... And we all have friends like Superman who appear on social media to 
have it all together. You look at their, you know, if you look at social media and you, social media is just a snapshot of one moment in their life, right? That's not every day. And yet we look at it every day and go, oh, there's a moment, there's a moment, there's a moment. And they must be constantly happy. They must be constantly all together. But here's what I'm going to tell you, that all of us sitting in this room and everybody outside of this room have a green rock that will bring them to their knees. Now, Superman also has another weakness, and I'm going to share it later as it's another part of my sermon. It's not just kryptonite that can, that can render him powerless, but we all have a friend who seems to have it all together, and every time you talk to him, everything's good and everything's bubbling all the time, all the time, but they have their own kryptonite. How do we share as Christians who are called to share our faith and are called to share Christ with people? How do we share our faith with someone who seems to have it all together? How in the world can I reach somebody like Superman, who seems to be the consummate person that everything is together all the time? Well, the first thing that we have to understand, and it goes without saying, it's pretty obvious, yet we don't always seem to remember it, is that understand that no one has it all together. Nobody has it all together. And as much as we try to put on a front and try to put on a facade, nobody has it all together. But we seem to lose sight of that. We, we seem to forget that when we look at social media and we hear about what great time they had on vacation. And we, we, but, but you don't know what drove them to take the cruise. You don't know what drove them to go on vacation. It might be they're just trying to escape a problem. And so all you see is the good not realizing that really they're just trying to run away from something. But when they get off the cruise or get off a vacation, it's going to come right back and it's going to be waiting on them. And as Christians, we have to be ready. I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13 out of the Message Bible. I'm not saying that I have, it, have this all together, that I have made it, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eyes on one goal, where God is beckoning, beckoning, beckoning us onward to Jesus. What does Paul say? I mean, because to me, if I look through the, through the annuals of, of Christ, Christendom, man, I cannot talk today. Thank you for your patience, right? If I look through the history of Christianity, and there's one guy that seems to have it all together other than Jesus, it would be Paul. I mean, he could speak multiple languages, traveled the world, the known world at the time, and he was seen to be with it and starting these churches everywhere and doing all of these awesome things. And yet, Paul says, I, I, I don't have it all together. In fact, the one thing that I do know and that I do have going for me is that I keep pushing forward despite my flaws, despite my problems. I keep pushing on. I keep pushing forward. Even in Paul's own ministry, Paul had people that he didn't get along with and that he separated ways with. And even he and Peter at one point said, you know, Peter even said at one point, I'm sorry, Paul said at one point, I withstood Peter to his face. Like, we got into it. Like, Paul had all of these problems, and yet, if I look through the history of Christianity, I think, well, he should have it all together. But yet, he writes to the church in Philippi and says, I don't. But I keep pushing 
forward. I keep going despite my problems. He reaches out for Christ. And so when you feel like you don't have it all together and it's falling apart, I want to tell you something. Keep reaching out for Christ. Keep pushing forward. That's your testimony. That's your goal. That's your objective. People who seem to have it all together have it the least. And let me see your hands if you've at least figured that out. Yeah, some of you have. Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right? The people who seem to have it all together have it together the least. If you were to come over to my house yesterday, you would realize that even the pastor does not have it all together. I lost, I was cleaning out parts of the attic yesterday and lost my ever-loving mind. And you said, the pastor's not supposed to act like that. Well, I know he's not supposed to, but because we're all human. And what I would tell you is the same thing that Paul told his churches. Listen, I don't have it together, but I'm pressing on for Christ. So follow me as I follow Christ. And together, we will work this thing out and we will push forward and move forward towards Christ to look like Christ. So why do people who seem to act like they have it all together don't? Why do they act that way? Why do they come to this point in their life where they're like, well, I've got this, I've got this all together. Why do they act this way? Well, it could be multiple reasons. And as I studied and as I thought through this, it all seemed to boil down to one thing. Can anybody guess what it is? Anybody got an idea? Yell at me. What do you, what do you think it is? Failure? Maybe. Anybody else? You guys are like, oh. Pride. Pride. I have to save face. I have to look good. I have to look, I don't want anybody to know I failed. I don't, I don't want anybody to know that I can't, you know, I, I, I fear what other people might think. Well, why do I fear that? Because I don't want them saying bad things about me, or I don't want them looking at me a certain way. Why is that? Because of pride. I have to hold it together. I have to hide this little dark area of my life because I don't want anybody else to know. Pride. Pride causes us to put on a front. And they persistently put on a front. And they will go to any length possible to put the front on. Now, I'm not saying that we share our deepest, darkest secrets with everybody we meet. Obviously not. But people will put on a front for the sake of pride. Doesn't Clark Kent consistently put on a front as not being Superman, right, to cover it up. Well, that's to, that's to protect the people he loves. I'm pretty sure he can protect the people he loves, all right? I mean, if your name is Lois Lane, you're not going to die, right? You're not going to die if your name is Lois Lane. It seems like people who want everybody else to think they are what they're not will go to any length necessary to say, but I'm not that. I'm not that. And so how do we share Jesus with somebody who continues to do that? Point number two, and this is huge. Everybody at some point is going to face their kryptonite. Point number two, be there for them. It's that simple. Be there when they hit their kryptonite. Here's what you need to understand. Most people come to church or come to Jesus through one of what I call the three T's. 
one of the three T's. They are trauma. This could be divorce, war, an illness, a child injury. They find something rattles their cage so much through trauma that they realize they need to get serious with their creator. And so they begin to search for answers. The second T is a tragedy, the death of a loved one, a personal injury, etc. There's some tragedy that hits their life and they say, I need, I need, there's got to be more. I need answers. And the third T is a transition. They move to a different city or a different town. They job change. Maybe there's a new baby in the family. And now that we're parents, we need to raise our kids in church like I was. And I haven't been to church in 20 years, but I, I know I want my kid in church. And so they, they start thinking about things because they've had kids. All of a sudden, they start thinking about it. Most people will come to church or come to Christ through one of the three tragedy, trauma, or transition, family problems at home, whatever, suddenly now I've been thrown into chaos and I've been thrown into an issue, I need to find answers, and they begin to come to church to find answers. And so that is, for most people, what happens in their life, right? And I'm just curious, how many of you think back when you finally decided to get your life serious with Christ? As an adult or maybe as a teen, what was going on in your life? What was happening in your life? So now by a show of hands, I'm just curious, how many of you came to Christ because one of the three T's was happening? Exactly. We think that this is a negative thing in our life, but God, in the only way that he can, uses our tragedy, our transition, and our trauma to turn us towards him, to create a relationship with him. And so th thereby, the result is, is that maybe it's not as negative as we thought. Because now we're on our way to heaven, and now we're Christ followers, and now we can share the gospel with other people. So the people in your life that act like they have it all together are going to hit a point in their life, they're going to come across one of these three T's, and they're going to need somebody to be there to share their story. In Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 39, Peter runs across an Ethiopian, and this Ethiopian is in charge of the queen of Ethiopia. He's in charge of her chariot, and she's off, and she's doing some things, and he's sitting there, and he's reading Hebrew scripture, and the Bible says that Peter hears him reading Hebrew scripture. He's come to a crossroads, because when you read it in Acts chapter 8, he says, I've got all the gold, I've got all the wealth, I've got... I've got the queen's support. I have everything, but something's not right, right? He is in a transition period mentally. He's like, I've reached the plateau. Something's not right. Something needs to change. He's in a transi transition period in his life. He knows something needs changed. Peter hears it. He goes up and talks to him. The Bible says he gives his life to Christ and is baptized. And someday when you get to heaven, you're going to meet him and get to talk to him about that transition. Superman has it all, but it doesn't add up. It's not just the kryptonite that causes him problems. As, you, as I started, I, I spent a little bit of time studying Superman. I had to read up a little bit. And so, for the, I mean, for the next six weeks, you're allowed to geek out as much as you want, all right, on comic book stuff. But here's what else cripple. Now, this won't kill him, but it will totally 
enable his superpowers. Are you ready for this? It blew my mind. Magic. So if Grandpa goes up to Superman and pulls a quarter out behind his ear, Superman's like, Bleh. like, oh. Everybody's got something more than just one thing that can do them in. Everybody's got more than one thing that can do them, do them in. And as long as he avoids those two things, magic, card tricks, and kryptonite, he's fine. So what's he going to do if he's going to keep his facade up? And it's not, magic won't kill him, it just prevents him from being who he really wants to be. What happens to those people? They avoid those situations. They stay away from those because they don't want people to really see who they really are. And so if you invite them to go do something or listen to something, they will say, no, 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 no. And they'll back away from it because they know that one of those two things is it's going to remove the facade of, of who they are, who they want everybody to think that they are. People who try and hold it together know what causes, causes them to break and will avoid it at all cost. They will avoid it at all cost. So number three, third and final thing, how do you reach somebody who's got it all together? How do you reach them for Christ? You encourage them. You encourage them with your story, with your story of where you were at when you came to Christ in one of the three T's. Now, I'm not talking about a 30-minute lecture. I'm talking like a two-minute elevator pitch of your personal story. Man, you know, I was in a position like that, and I decided to begin to follow Christ, and the person that, I, that you're talking to right now is not the person that I was three years ago, four years, 20 years ago. You share your story. It's the, it's the power of personal testimony that you encourage them with your two-minute testimony, your story, right? So how do you do that? How would you craft your experience of coming to Christ so that you can share it on an elevator? It's basically going to have four parts, and they're real easy to remember. What was your problem at the time? What was your breaking point? What was the moment of your salvation? And, how, and where you should spend the most time in those two minutes is what your life has been like since. What your life has been like since. That's the key, right? So you're probably going to spend like, here was my problem. Here was my breaking point. Here was the moment I gave my life to Christ. And let me tell you about my life since. And so out of those two minutes, you're going to spend at least a minute on talking about what your life is like now. Do you know how fast a minute goes when you're talking? Sharing your, sharing your testimony and sharing your story can be short and quick. And they may not come to Christ right then. Odds are you're either planting the seed or God's using you to water a seed in their life that somebody else has already planted, or maybe you are. Maybe you are the harvester. Maybe they're like, you know what, I, I, need, I need to accept Christ. And so now you're like, oh gosh, now what do I do, right? <laughs> what do I say now? Is there some sort of... So the Bible says in Romans that those who believe on Christ and confess with their mouth that he is Lord Okay, that's just an old term that simply means he's in charge. He's the master. That confess that with their mouth 
they will be saved. If they believe in their heart, confess with their mouth, they will be saved. So what do you do? Say, hey, would you just, I'm going to pray a prayer. Would you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, of my sins. I ask you to take control of, be in charge of my life. I ask you to control, be in charge of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. It can be that simple. It can be that simple. Because most people aren't going to ask you some deep theological, scientific, philosophical question. Most people aren't going to do that. If you're hearing that in your head, that's a lie from Satan because he doesn't want you going out doing what Christ has asked us to do. Most people aren't going to do that. I want to close with a story of a football player. And this particular football player had it all. He was the Superman of his high school. As a running back, he set records, encroached on state records. He had it all. He had the girls. People thought he was it. Like everybody wanted to be this high school running back. Thought he was the bee's knees. He went to parties. He drank, had the girls, got the grades. He got it all. But then he came to a point in his life where he realized something wasn't right. So he's hanging out with his friends at a party, and they're playing video games. And another person comes into the party and sits down and starts playing video games. And so a kid by the name of Charlie Metcalf comes in and starts playing video games. Well, they hit it off. This stellar running back who now has colleges knocking on his door and this other player from the arch-rival school have sat down and played video games together and done things and hanging out. So this running back goes over to Charlie and goes, you know what, I do all this, through a course of conversation, goes, I, I do all this stuff, but I know something's not right. Because if I continue down this path, even if I get a scholarship, I'll, I'll blow it. I'll, I'll ruin it. Because eventually I'll make a mistake. Uh, these parties, all this stuff is eventually going to get to me. So what did Charlie do? Charlie was there for him. He listened. He said, well, let me tell you my story. And so Charlie, as another running back, began to share his story. And that night, Ja'Cory Benson gave his life to Christ. Ja'Cory Benson now plays for South Carolina State is a sophomore running back at South Carolina State. Lives for Christ, has stopped the partying, has stopped, and now he shares his story with his teammates and the colleges that he plays against in South Carolina and, the, and everywhere he goes to play. Because he realized that all of the other things were just fronts. Football was just a front. And here's what, here's what I want to tell you, that you and I, have Jacoris all around us. You and I have supermen all around us, people that have crazy talent and crazy skill, but there are certain things they just don't want to come in contact with. And they'll do their best, like in the clip that we saw, they will do their best to keep that facade and keep that front. And what do we do? 
First, we understand that nobody has it all together, so don't act surprised when they come to you and go, I'm struggling, I've got a problem. Don't act surprised like, oh my gosh. And don't walk off talking about them either. The world doesn't need any more gossip. They've got a problem, they're confided in you. Maintain the trust, right? Don't be surprised. Number two, be there during that because they've hit a place of transition, trauma, or tragedy. And number three, encourage them with your own story. Encourage them with your own story. Let's stand up. I'm going to pray. If you're here this morning and maybe you've never accepted Christ, maybe you've never willfully on your own said, God, forgive me of my sins. I accept you into my life, and I want you to be in charge. And I'm tired of putting on the front and trying to pretend like everything's okay. I'm tired of going to work every morning with a hangover because I can't control the alcohol at night. I'm tired of trying to pretend to be something that I'm not. If that's you, I'm going to ask Lynn and Jesse to come down here. And if I can get Aaron and Lori to come down here. And we want to pray with you and just believe God with you. If you're here this morning and you need prayer for anything else as we close out in song, I want you to come forward so that we can pray with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you that you are moving in the hearts and lives of the people in this room. And I thank you that as we close out in song and we leave here, we'll see the people around us that are putting on the facade and we'll just be there for them so that one day we can share our story with them. In Jesus' name, amen.